so thankful you're all we need tonight. Whatever situation we're facing, you're all we need. Lord, more than money, more than anything this world could ever give, you're all we need, Lord. Father, we just ask that you would speak to our hearts tonight. You would touch us. Lord, you would touch us by your grace and your mercy, Lord. Lord, if there's someone here that has a need of you tonight, may they see Jesus. May they meet you, Lord, and get the answers to their questions, Father. Lord, the longing in their heart, may it be, to, may it be filled tonight, we pray. Lord, we just commit this service to you, everything to be said and done, Lord. We give it all to you. We thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's turn to Genesis 32. I, don't, I didn't hear back there if they did, but the water is on, so there's no worries. Amen. We thank the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. I'd like to speak to you tonight on desperate for his touch. Desperate for his touch. It says in verse 24 of chapter 32, it says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him unto the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be, no more, no, shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince... Hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Amen. We'll let you be seated. Just looking at this word prevailed, because Brother Branham speaks about this, about being being able to prevail um, against God. Actually, as Jacob wrestled, wrestled with that angel, he's... But prevailed is, able, is being able to endure, to be a victor, to be able to gain, overcome, or have power. See, Jacob was here at this moment. He was caught between two occasions. He had done some things, some sneaky tricks against his father-in-law. And he was running from his father-in-law. And he's going back home to mama. And when he had come to find out, here come his brother that he had also done some dirty little tricks too, and was coming to meet him with an army. Just, just remember, your sins will find you out. Amen. Your sins will find you out. And when Jacob, all disturbed and all perplexed and all in trouble, he put his wives across the brook and went back to the other side. And, and, and the prophet would say, and in an unexpected place and an unexpected time, he met God in an unexpected way. He said, what a way to meet God in a wrestling match. Amen, a wrestling match. He said he had had dreams and visions so forth, but this is one time he could lay hands on something that was real and say it's God. He was able to hold on until the blessing came. And he said, if we could do that, if we could find a spot to where we could see God, whether it's in his word or whether it's whatever it is and recognize it's God, but then hold on to it until the blessing comes. 
wrestle it out with God. God promised to do it. God said, if we seek, we shall find. Ask, it shall be given. Knock, and it shall be opened. And every word is true. Amen. See, God's word is true. Our feelings are not always true. Amen. Our wants or what we desire may not always be true. You know, our feelings can lead us in the wrong directions. And, you know, I feel led to do this or I'll feel led to do that. Sometimes that feeling led can be wrong in the wrong direction. But, amen, God's word is always true. Amen. It's never wrong. Amen. When Jacob got a hold of something that he could hold on to his hands and seen it was God, he wasn't going to turn it loose. And he said, if Christians could do that, if you could lay your hand on hold of something that's real, catch a vision of God and see his presence is real and among us and hold on to it until God answers back. Amen. See, that's what we want. We want more than our feelings answering or our wants or our desires answering. We want God's answer. We want what God has for us, what God's plan is for us, or what God's will or God's desire is for us. See, Jacob had tried to make it on his own, and he had made a lot of mistakes, and he had done a lot of dirty tricks, and he had done a lot of things that wasn't right, but he knew he had come to the place, I got to have God's direction for my life. I got to have him more than anything, and I'm desperate for it. I, I'm against death. Death is knocking on the door. It's a, it's a moment that I, I'm may not have another day to live. I may not have another moment to live. I've got to find out what God has for me. Amen. And here Jacob come to this moment and God met him. Amen. And he said, if you can come to that same place that you got to live or die, I have to meet Jesus. Amen. It's more than coming to church and sitting on a pew and, and looking at somebody else and shaking hands with your neighbor, singing a few good songs or hearing a few words said. It's say, I got to see Jesus. Say, I've got to meet him for myself. I, this service, I've got to meet him. I've got to grab a hold of him. I need, a, I need a conference with God. I need God to come and speak to my heart. Amen. He said, if people could do that and could see the power of a living God, something real, no matter what form he comes in. He says, we have our ideas, but God has a way to, of sending things to us and answering our prayer. Now, it may not be the answer you're wanting or the answer you're desiring, but God has a way of answering your prayer. It may come through your pastor. It may come across his desk. It may come in a vision. It may come in a dream. It may come in a phone call. Whatever way it is, God has a way of answering your prayer. He knows your heart's cry. He knows what you're asking for, and he has the answer for it. But if we're not careful, we let our feelings get in the way or our wants or our desires or our ambitions get in the way. But we don't want none of that. We've had, uh, Jacob had enough failures of his own ambitions. He had failed many times, but on his own desires and his own wants. And that wasn't leading Jacob nowhere. God, Jacob had come to the place, I got to be led by the Holy Ghost. I got to be led by something more than my human abilities or my human desires or what I have or what I want. I want to be led by the pillar of fire. I want to be led by God himself. I want to meet the God of Abraham and Isaac. Amen. Amen. He says, I believe if we could just open our eyes and be ready to receive it, God will send it to us in his, in his way of doing it. Amen. In his time, God will grant it. But we've got to recognize we have asked 
And if we ask, then we shall receive. Hey, did you get that? You got to recognize I've asked. He said, those that are asked shall receive. If I've asked, we shall receive. But then you got to hold on to it. Unexpected time, unexpected place, unexpected way. But when he realized it was God, he wasn't going to let it go. After Jacob had wrestled all night and confessed his sins, amen, at the place it was called Peniel, which is the face of Almighty God. Sirs, we would see Jesus. Amen. I don't want a creed. I don't want a dogma. I don't want a doctrine. I want to see Jesus. I want to see him revealed in his word. I want to see the face of Almighty God. I don't want to see my desires. I don't want to see my will. I don't want to see my flesh. I don't want to see Jacob no more. I want to see God. Amen. If you had come to the house of God like that and say, tonight, I'm not here to hear just a sermon. I'm not here to just sing a few songs. I'm not here to just say a few amens. Sirs, we would see Jesus. And Jesus will come by your way if you get to asking for him to come by your way. Amen. He said he came to that place and he got a hold of God and he wasn't going to turn him loose. He said, God, we need more Jacobs. Amen. He held on to the face of God and the presence of God, and he stayed until it was sun up. Amen. God said, let me go because the sun's rising. And he stayed in the face of God until sun up, but he went away justified and saved. Hallelujah. Amen. If you would hold on to God until the S-O-N rises up. And just something else, the atmosphere begins to change. The doubts disappear and, and the things of darkness begins to flee away. And all of a sudden, light begins to shine. If you'll grab a hold of him until that moment, you'll walk away saved, justified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen, it ain't holding on to him until you feel a little better. It ain't holding on to him until you feel a little sensation. It ain't holding on to him until you feel a chill walking, or walking up and down your back. It's holding on to him until you receive something from him. It's holding on to him until he changes your name or your nature or who you was and changes you from an old scoundrel into a prince with almighty God. Amen. See, see, God is wanting somebody to come into his presence, but not just come into his presence. Stay there until you receive something from him. Amen. A prince. Amen. He'll say it like this. He said, on one side of the river, a scoundrel, a shyster, a liar, a cheater. On the other side of the river, a walking prince with almighty God. Amen. Oh, oh, and before the service, a liar, a cheat. After the service, a son of God. That's all it takes is just a few moments in his presence. Hold on until he changes you. Amen. So planner, he was a deceiver, unrighteous, unholy. A deceiver deceived his brother. Brothers stole the birthrights, took the dirty way of doing it. Such a deceiver. He deceived his father-in-law. He, I don't understand this, but he put some sticks in the water and made speckled calves. Deceiver, deceiving his own father-in-law, deceived his mother, deceived his daddy, deceived his brother. He was a shyster. He wouldn't be one you want to go into business with. Amen. He was running everywhere he went, but he was always running from God. 
Amen. He was on the run from his brother. He was on the run, running away. But when he came into the presence of God, he recognized, I am wrong. I need something. I need something to be different. And he's seen his opportunity. He had met someone he didn't even think about before. And he stayed there until all the sins were gone. God got him into his presence. He said, see, God manages to get a man in his presence. Then they can make their decision." He said, some of them run from him, and some of them run to him. Come on, somebody. How many is running to him tonight? Some of them run from him. Some of them run to him. If they're predestinated to life, they'll believe it. They'll hang on to it, and they won't let it go. They, they make, they, he said, if they're not, they'll try to get away and say there's nothing to it. That guy's just let, that, that guy's lost. That guy that confessed his sins shall have pardon, but if you hide your sins, you'll not prosper. So when Jacob, when he knew the next day he was going to meet Esau, his brother, he didn't need no help from him then. He didn't need his armies. He was in business building altars, and he wasn't afraid of Esau no more because he had met an angel. Hallelujah. See, people become, they come to the point, they're afraid of the new birth. What you need to do is get more afraid of your sins. Hey, man, the sin is going to take you to hell. Get afraid of that. That's what he was. He got afraid of Esau because Esau was coming to kill him. And let me tell you, the devil ain't there to help you. He's there to harm you. He's there to rob you. He's trying to take your joy and your happiness. He's there to destroy you. You need to get afraid of that thing and say, I don't want that because I know on my own I can't conquer it. Jacob didn't have no abilities on his own to fight his brother Esau. But after he met the angel, he wasn't worried about him no more. He knew God had changed his life forever. Hallelujah. People get afraid of a new birth. It's a mess. You you can be in a pig pen. You can be in a pink decorated hospital room. It's a mess. No matter where it takes place, it's a mess. It's not a dry-eyed confession. This wasn't a five-minute session with, with the angel and Jacob telling him, well, I got this and I got that. Thank you, thank you, and I'm done. No, it wasn't no psychiatrist talking to Jacob. He was wrestling out with God. There was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears going on. Right. Have you ever seen a wrestling match, a real one? Amen. There's a lot of stuff happening. There's dirt flying. There's out in the desert there in that little valley there in that little ditch of a, of a whatever kind of little river it was or something there. And he's wrestling it out and he's pushing and dirt's flying. Rocks are scraping and it's going all night. Sounds like maybe two bulls going out. I don't know. There was a lot of stuff happening. Amen. It wasn't just quietly and without sensation. There was some sensation going on. Amen. There was something that was happening. There was something that was. But Jacob was like, I'm not going to let me go. I'm not going to let you go. Let me go. I'm not going to let you go. I want a blessing. What was the blessing he was wanting? He was wanting to be different. He wasn't asking for a blessing of of material goods or or money or tents. He had all that. He had oxen. He had money. He had it all. But he knew I cannot leave this place the same person. 
and I'm desperate for God's touch in my life. I'm desperate to be different. I, I don't want to remain the same. Death is knocking on the door. I don't want to walk out there and try to face the death angel on my own. I want to walk out there as a blood-bought, adopted son of God and tell death, you ain't got no more control over me. I never belonged to you in the first place. Hallelujah. He says, I'm afraid. They say, I'm afraid. Someone said not long ago, I'm afraid to receive the Holy Ghost. I'm afraid it may make me speak in tongues like some of the others. I don't care if I spoke in tongues, talked in tongues, crowed in tongues, or anything else. I want the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That's the main principle. I don't care what level it is or what level I got to get to. I want to get on God's level. What he wants to say is right. He said, that's where I want to stand. That the new birth, that new birth that changes a man. It changes a woman. It changes their desires. It changes their appetites. Thought it was so wonderful. Sunday, our pastor was talking about it. It's not one sensation. It's not one moment. But it's that hidden life with Christ. It's a new appetite. It's a change that's taking place. Wrestle it with God until you can hold on to the blessing comes. Then God will change you like he did Jacob. From a supplanter or a shyster to a prince. But this desperate is having a great need or a desire for something. Such as a drink of water. What is it about water? When y'all heard tonight that the water was off, how much is like, man, I'm thirsty. I wish I could have a drink of water, like right now. Just something about that, wow, I need a drink of water. What happens, it, it, it actually, as a man gets in that place, and I doubt any of us really have been to that place because we live in a place, you know, of, of great comfort. We're out of water for a few minutes, we start panicking. But, you know, as far as getting to a place to where you have such a burning desire. Get water or I'm going to die. It's got to come to that place with Jesus. It's more than just a, just a talk or, a, or just a few moments. Some of you need to just say, Lord, help me get to the place to where I got to have you or die. It's like Shamgar. Job talked about Shamgar had got to the place so desperate, he was willing to die. He couldn't let another day go by and his children live the way they were living. His wife in the condition. So he had to get to the place, I'm willing to die. To jump out the window and go fight 500 Philistines or 600, whatever it was. And desperation puts you to that place is a great need or desire. It's not just, oh, I want it. No, it's I got to have it. It's not a desire of maybe one day I'll achieve it. No, I have to receive it or die. Amen. Desperation is a state of despair. And typically one which gets in that condition results in a rash or extreme behavior. So we can say Shamgar was in desperation. Amen, because he, he reacted in a rash or extreme behavior because he'd jump out and begin to fight innumerable odds. 
But he was in this place that he had to get, to, to get victory or his whole family was going to perish. And you have to come to the same place. If you need something from him, you got to say, I'm going to get it or I'm going to die. Just like that man said, Lord, if you don't give me the, power, the Holy Ghost, you're going to find a pile of bones laying here because I'm going to receive what I'm asking for. Amen. We got to come to that place. It's not a prayer of a, of a preacher. It's not that's going to do it. It's not the prayer, or, uh, you know, a five minute thing on it, you know, just laying, but it's going to be coming to that point of such a thirsting. I got to have him. Amen. If you can just have that tonight for just a few moments, if it can just break it through to you, I've got to get to Jesus. You know, on the road to amaze, this struck me today as I was looking over these things. It says in chapter, Luke chapter 24 and verse 28, we know the story of these Cleopas and his friend walking down very sad out of the bushes, steps Jesus begins to speak to him and ask him, why are you looking like this? And he began to tell him what had happened. He began to explain them all, you know, all the promises all the way from Moses down through. And they got to the house and then they drew nigh into the village, whether they went <clears throat> And he made as though he would have gone further. Now, the Amplified Version says it like this. He acted like he was going to go further. He acted like he was going to go further, but they constrained him. This constraint is to compel by employing force. Cleopas reached and grabbed a hold of him and said, No, I don't want you to go further. Come on in the house with me. Come on in here. I, I need to visit with you some more. I, I need a few more questions answered. I, I need a few more moments with you. Don't go. Don't go no further. Stay with me. You know, I think that's, that's where we're at sometimes at the end of a service. You know, we're taught that the, the word goes forth and we're to water the word. The Holy Spirit begins to move. And if we're not careful, we're too, too quick to, to shut it off. You know, and like, well, it's time. It's Wednesday or it's a Sunday. I'm hungry. And then the Spirit of God is moving and he's acting like he's going to go. He's acting like it's about the time that the service is going to end. But if there be somebody say, God, don't go. I still need you. I still need you to touch me. I, I haven't received what I came for. I think sometimes we, we become so easy that we come in here and we've been promised and we've been given the promises, but we're so easy to settle for just a good service. We're so easy to settle for just a few moments, but there ought to be somebody say, Jesus, I'm not letting you go. I'm grabbing a hold of you and say, come to my house, come to my home, come to my temple, come to speak to me. I want a prayer. I want a personal visitation. It's a, it's a constraining by entreaties also, employing force, constraining by treaty, entreaties, which is an earnest or a desperate request. See, Jacob knew his life was about to close. He had a messenger that had come to him from his brother. The 400 armed men was coming to meet him, was on the road, and fear gripped him. He sent men on ahead with ox and cattle and sheep to make a peace offering. And he, after that, he started another group with a load of stuff. See, a coward. Then he started another group with another load of stuff, trying to meet him first, trying to turn his wrath. 
Then he got to thinking, that, that won't stop him because he's probably richer than I am. He doesn't even need that stuff. Then he took his wives and his little children and sent them in front of him. And that Esau would see them and his wives and surely his own niece and nephews, he wouldn't slay them. Then he said he still couldn't do it. See, God knows how to get a man to a place. Jacob crossed the brook and there he got on his knees. This little shyster, supplanter, deceiver. That's what he was, but there was something that had to happen. There was a desperation that set in. There may be men and women here tonight at death is setting right before you. And the only way that you'll ever achieve the thing that you're wanting is to desperately come and say, I must have it tonight. I get it now or I'm finished. Tomorrow's too late. I must have it now. He said, when you pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the token, don't say, well, now I'll go up and try, Lord, but I'm a little tired. He said, oh, mercy, stay in your seat. Amen. Don't even make an attempt. If you come and say, I'll pass through the prayer line, put oil on my head and see if it'll do me no good, any good. He said, you might as well stay where you're at until you get to that place, until the whole church can get to that place that is between death and life. Can you turn me up a little bit up here? It's between death and life. You've got to have it now or perish. Then God will move on the scene. It takes desperation to bring God on the scene. Amen. Jacob cried like never before. Well, it's without sensation. J- Jacob cried like never before. Desperately had called until he got a hold of God. And when he did, he wrestled. Not for 15 minutes. Amen. He wrestled to keep him all night long. And still he didn't, knew he didn't have the blessing in it. He was, but he was able to hold on. He wrestled desperately until the, until the blessing come. Until God came on the scene. Hallelujah. Amen. More than just a chill. More than just a sensation. More than just a, a something happening around shiver or something. No, God came on the scene. See, a lot of people say, glory to God, I got it now. You're deceived. Some say, well, I just feel so good. I went down there and prayed, and old shivers ran over. He said, that might have been God. He said, I saw a great light before me. That still might have been God, but that ain't what I'm talking about. Amen. Because we know the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So it's not in just a cry or a shout or all that. Amen. But that might be God, but he said, that's not what I'm talking about. He said, see, the wheat and the weeds, they put them in the same field. And the weeds, and when the rain comes, the weeds just as happy as the weed is, the very same rain. The very Holy Ghost can fall upon an unbeliever, make him act exactly the same way a believer acts. By their fruits they are known. That's what I'm speaking about. That's the token. Their life has been changed. Amen. You know, I was dealing with a sister at the meetings, and she was 
Said she was, I may have said this already, but she said she wasn't raised in the message. So she's never, you know, spoken tongues. She's never danced. She's never shouted. She said, I worship God. I, I do all those things. She said, but I, I just don't know if, if, if I got what I need. She said, it just, you know, am I, am I, where am I, am I hindered? And I said, well, sister, all I know is I can tell you this. I saw you some years ago and where you were and the makeup and the earrings and, and the dress that you had. And all of a sudden you came down to a youth camp and, and God began to deal with your heart. You went home and you was baptized and, and for the first time and you gave your heart to the Lord. And, and I've seen your life begin to change and everything begin to go a different direction. Amen. All I can say is I see a difference in your life. Amen. It ain't because somebody regulated you to it or made you do it. You went for years going to church and go home and do your same old things and live the same old life. But something on the inside of you changed. That is the greatest evidence of the Holy Ghost that your appetites have changed. Your desires have changed. Your wants have changed. What your, your ambitions have changed. You're not the same person. Well, I got a shiver, but you still go to the movies. You still do things that ain't right. You still live. And no, you ain't received the Holy Ghost. You received a shiver. Amen. Might have been God moving close, but you want to wait there until he comes in. Amen. Amen. We don't want him just close. We want him in. Clear like Cleopas. No, you ain't just passing by. You're coming on in. (laughs) I'm going to hold here until you change me. It's life or death. We are in a life or death situation. You've been hearing it across this pulpit. It's a life or death situation. This is not the time to be playing games. We are in an exodus. Amen, this ain't the time for it. We're, we're ready to leave here. We're waiting to leave here. Amen. Listen, I, I'm not looking for signs. I, I understand that we signs are all around, but that's the signs of a car, a driverless car, that's okay. Signs of earthquakes, that's okay. The greatest sign I'm looking for is when the dead in Christ walk in the door. Or walk through the walls or appear in my car, wherever I'm at. I know right then it's time and we're on. Rapture is on. Amen. So we are in a life or death situation. And there has to be somebody that says, I got to get to Jesus. Jacob, in desperation, he said, I know I felt you. I know you're near me. But now I'm not going to let you go. I think that's a lot of our issues. Sometimes we get to that moment of feeling him close. And we respond to a feeling. And a shout goes forth, but we want more than that. We want a change. We want an answer. We want God to meet us personally. I want more than just him brushing by to let me know he's there. I want when he comes by, I want to grab a hold of him and say, God, don't pass me by. Somebody sees it, find the first little sensation to get up, jump up and down, run up the aisle. I got it, I got it, I got it. No. Jacob stayed there until something happened. Now when something happens, there might be a jump and a shout. There might, it's a razor's edge. As Brother Tim talked about it Sunday. Amen. I, it's not that there is no sensations. The Holy Ghost is sensational. Amen. The word is sensational. Yeah. 
Jacob stayed there until something happened that made him walk different. Uh-oh. Made him walk different. He didn't walk in the same old places no more. Amen. He didn't walk in the same old places no more. He wasn't comfortable going in a movie theater no more. He wasn't comfortable going in a bar room no more. He wasn't comfortable going to places like that no more. Something had changed. Amen. It changed the way he talked. He was a different person. It changed all about him. Amen. He said it's, it made him different. It made him walk different because he stayed until that happened. The Bible said he held on until he prevailed. He prevailed over his deceiving nature. He prevailed over being a shyster. He prevailed over all of that. Jacob stayed there until the blessing came. It changed his name from a deceiver to a prince with God. Amen. Even the nation today is called by his name, Israel. What was it? It was the results of when he got desperate about it. And the next day he went to meet Esau. He didn't need any guards. He didn't need his pastor to walk with him. He had the Holy Ghost. There was something changed. A type. You know, he had the Holy Ghost. Something had changed. He didn't need his pastor to go through all the things in his house. To cast the idols out. He didn't need that no more. Amen. He didn't need, well, he didn't need a, a rules and regulations no more. Something had happened. Listen, this message is not rules and regulations. It is to someone that's not been Holy Ghost filled. But to somebody that's been Holy Ghost filled is not rules and regulations. It's not a wall. It's not nothing that's trying to keep them from doing something. They don't want to do it no more. Amen. When somebody receives the Holy Ghost, he smokes all he wants to. He drinks all he wants to. He chews all he wants to. He cusses all he wants to. He, he does all kinds of things all he wants to. But guess what? He just don't want to no more. The nature has been changed. It's all gone. He has prevailed. He said, you get desperate until you get the assurance. He walked right out, met, right out and met him. If you don't get that assurance, don't even come to be prayed for. Don't even come to the altar. Wait until his life and death. Then something will happen. Desperation. And Ruth, when we go through, this, through, the, through the different ones in the Bible, Ruth got desperate. She was standing by Naomi, and here she had a decision to make. Will she go back, or will she go on with Naomi? Would she have to go back to her people, to all that she loved, her gods, to what she used to worship, to who she used to be, or would she cleave to Naomi? She got in desperation. She cried out, where, where you go, I'll go. Where you live, I'll live. In other words, I won't go nowhere Jesus won't go. I won't do nothing Jesus won't do. I, where you die, I'll die. Where you buried, I'll bury. Your God shall be my God. Desperate, and God blessed her and gave her a son, Obed. And Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat, came all the way down to Jesus. Why? Because of desperation. Did you catch that? The seed came through her because of desperation. And Jesus will come out of you if you get desperate. Little harlot Rahab was desperate, it was life and death. 
Any moment the castle was going to crumble, the city was going to fall, and it was all going to be over with, and everybody was going to be dead, plundered, and taken. She got desperate. She said, I'll hide you, but only swear to your God, my house shall stand. There you are. If you take the token, they said, if you take this token and you hang it from your window, it'll stand. And that's what she did. Why? And she tried to get everybody in the house. Why? She got desperate. Eliezer got desperate when the responsibility was placed on him to go get a bride for Isaac. Here he was a good man, favored by Abraham, trusted by Abraham to go out and hunt a bride, the right type of a bride for his son Isaac that would bring forth Christ. Eliezer, being a spiritual man, knew what it meant. The right kind of a woman had to be that man's wife. And how would he choose it? Well, what an hour of desperation. Lord God, hear me. Let the first maid that comes forth and waters my, gives me water and waters my camels and gives me a drink. What happened? He prayed because he was desperate. He had to have the leadership of God. Men are so quick to do things on their own by their own feelings. Oh, this feels good. But is it still God? Well, I feel led to do this, but yet is it still God? Jonah got in a desperate time, throwed over in the uh, over in the waters. <laughs> Could you imagine on a ship one moment, out in the old sea another moment? You know, it terrifies me. Hear these stories of cruise ships and people going overboard. I couldn't imagine what that person felt as you're watching that ship just continue on out of sight, and you this little grasshopper floating in the water, stuff down there big enough to swallow you. Here's Jonah. Desperate, you think you think you think that was life or death? Yeah. All of a sudden, he's flying through there. <laughs> Looking around, desperation sets in. Some of you right there had a, just a panic attack thinking about it. Waves are crashing, the boat's going out of sight, and all of a sudden, he feels something creeping up his legs, and go, and he's in a black hole. In a dark place, can't looks to the right and can't see nothing. Looks this way and can't see nothing. I can't see nothing. Desperation set in on Jonah, but he knew there was a promise. If my people are in need and they look towards my holy temple and begin to call on my by my name, I'll hear from heaven. Desperation set in. How he figured out how which way was which, I don't know. But he went and he knelt down and began to pray. And that old whale's belly's vomit, seaweed hanging over him, began to cry out to God. Amen. In desperation. Amen. Right there in desperation. And just a few breaths of oxygen left. Just a few moments to live. And he was going to die. Just a few breaths to go. Prayed under those circumstances. Never been done before. He was desperate. And he prayed, and God kept him alive three days and nights and delivered him to a place to deliver a message. Why? Because of desperation. Hannah, a barren woman in the Bible, she wanted a son. She got to fasting for him. She fasted and prayed until the priest of the temple thought she was drunk. She was so desperate. She was so overcome with her need. So the priest would come and ask her if she was drunk because she, she was in such desperation. 
rest of the women walking by, bonnets on, laughing, sneering, talking about things, but not Hannah. She stepped right through the whole crowd, went to the altar and fell down, began to cry out, Lord, take my reproach away. Roll away my reproach. Roll away who I am. I'm a barren person. I've tried on my own. I've tried to live right. I've tried to produce the life of Christ, but I can't do it on my own. I cannot produce life with this old fallen nature. God, roll my reproach away. Desperation took a hold of her until she began to cry out. She never, she never noticed the dignity of the temple. She never noticed the dignified priest. She was in such distress. Her tears were rolling down. She was crying, oh, Lord God, give me a son. Give me a son. Give me a son. Give me something. I got to have a knee. I've got to have a touch from you. I cannot leave here with my prayer unanswered. She wasn't selfish. wasn't a selfish desire. She said, when I give it to me, I'm going to give him back. He became a prophet, as we know with Samuel. Amen. It's an extra blessing. You yeah, you you got to you got to better you got to say God, I want to hear from you. He was said, "Old church, rise, and shake yourself. Pinch your conscience." I'm trying to pinch your conscience tonight a little bit. We've been hearing it service after service after service. We we can't remain the same no longer. The death angels in the land. Blood's got to be there. This voice has been sounding service after service. Do you realize it's the same voice that came through Moses that put the blood on the door? Some say, well, that's just Brother Moses, and they died. Some say, well, that's just Brother so-and-so, and they died. Desperate. He said... Wake yourselves up. I'm not even talking about naturally, spiritually. Wake yourself up spiritually. We come, become so spiritually asleep sometimes that we don't even recognize what's going on among us and around us. We need to, every one of us, pinch ourselves. Somehow reach, grab a promise and just reach in there and pinch yourself. He says, we must be desperate or perish. There's coming forth something from the Lord. I know it is thus saith the Lord. There's coming forth something from the Lord. We better get desperate. It's between life and death. It'll pass through us and we won't see it. Because, and he said, but it was because, referring back to Hannah, she wasn't selfish. She was given a prophet. And he goes on to the Shunammite woman who had a little boy, was given a, this boy, and the prophet had come, and she had made a little room for the prophet. And the prophet realized that the servant told him, he said, this, she don't have a son. And, you know, the prophet prayed, and she was given this son, and the son was out in the field, and I guess received a sunstroke or something and died. And she had to get to him. She had to get to him, and she saddled her donkey and began to ride across the country trying to find the prophet of God. And she comes to him, and, and he said, is, all, is all, all is well with thee in the house? And she said, all is well. Why? Because her desperation had brought her to her moment to receive something. 
Hallelujah. And the desperation, if you'll get under that burden, I've got to receive something from the Lord. I've got to have life. God will respond to your need. Here she comes. He said, here comes a Shunammite. Something wrong with the prophet said, God has kept it from me. I don't know what's wrong. He said, desperation then set in on the prophet. And desperation was on the woman. See, they were coming together. One wanting to know what the word of the Lord was, and the other one didn't know what the word of the Lord was. There you are. One wanting to know it, the other didn't know it, and one wanting to know it, and the prophet didn't know it. God has kept it from me. I, ne- I don't know what it is, and she was almost there. And he says, is it all well with thee? All well with thy husband? Is all well with the child? And here she reached the end of her desperation, and she said, all is well. Her desperation was over. She had found the servant of the Lord. If he hadn't been there, she'd still been desperate. But here she is, all is well. And he said, what is going on now? And she ran up and fell down at his feet. And, and kind of uncommon. And here Gehazi, Gehazi lifts her up. And, and the prophet said, let her alone. Don't do that. And then she revealed to him the baby was dead. The prophet didn't know what to do. He said, Gehazi, take that step and walk on in. And go lay it upon the child. Amen. And here he went. But the woman, that wasn't where her desperation was. Amen. She stayed right there. She said, that didn't satisfy what she came for. She said, as the Lord lives, I'm not going to leave you until you come minister to the child. See, Elijah got desperate, and there he went down the road, and the people were in the yard screaming and crying. Funeral was being planned. The woman had done the most appropriate thing she could done. She took him, took the baby and laid there on the bed with Elijah and laid. That was good as his staff. He didn't wake up, walk, he walked up there, and here the prophet didn't know what to do. He's in desperation, and he's waiting for the right moment, for the right time, for that unction to know God is here. See, even a prophet has to wait on the Lord. A prophet has to hold still and and hold on until the promise comes. God don't show his prophets everything. Amen. So here he is pacing the floor, looking around, wondering what to do. And all of a sudden it fell in the room. And he went and laid himself on the body, head to head, toe toe to toe, uh, hand to hand, all the way down. And began to breathe on him and life came into the body. He said because that desperation drove the woman to the prophet. And desperation drove the prophet to the baby. And desperation in them both drawed God on the scene. Oh, with the love of God, the love for his people brought the love of God down and put faith out there at the battlefront, and the work was done. Case closed. It's over with. Desperation done that. She wasn't going to leave until he came. Can you imagine blind Bartimaeus Sitting in his blind condition. Then beggar. Begging for alms. All of a sudden he hears a big commotion. It's like what's going on? Somebody said well it's just that deceiver. Says he's the Messiah. Oh yeah well he's done a few things. He's, he's healed a leper. And he's raised the dead. And Bonbon said what? He did what? 
Oh, well, um, you know, they got the story of Lazarus that had been dead four days, and so far it hasn't been proven untrue, and we don't know really what to do with it. We don't know how to explain it. He raised the dead. That can't be nothing but the Messiah. That can't be nobody but Jesus. Something began to well up on the inside of him, and, and he began to look, and he said, that has to be Jesus there. What? You mean he healed a brain bleed? What you mean? Hair grew back on a bald head girl's head? What you mean? You mean cancer disappeared in just a moment? That can't be nothing but Jesus. Jesus has to be there. That's not just a bunch of emotional workup. Emotional workup does not, it does not produce healings. It does not produce deliverances. Only Jesus can do that. And something began to stir up on blind Bartimaeus. And he turned out all the naysayers. And he turned out, tuned all them out of his mind. And he said, Jesus. You said his name was Jesus. Yep. Jesus. Have mercy on me. I'm right over here. I'm sitting on the fourth row, Jesus. I need your help. I'm right over here. I come in late, but I'm here, Jesus. I need a time. I need a moment with you. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes walking through down the streets, and he's passing by like he's going to act like he's going to go on by. Jesus heard him the first cry. Hallelujah. Jesus heard the first cry out of blind Bartimaeus' mouth. Anybody made like he's going to go by and blind Bartimaeus said he's leaving. Jesus, don't pass me by. Don't go by me without and leave me in this condition. I've got to be Jesus. Jesus. Desperation set into his heart. He had to have that moment. And all of a sudden, Jesus stops. Hallelujah. He said, who is that over there? And they said, that's blind Bartimaeus. He said, come on, bring him over here. They come walking over to him and said, Jesus wants you. Blind Bartimaeus said he does. He throwed that old beggar robe down. You know why? Because he knew he wasn't going to need it no more. Hallelujah. He left his old begging garments behind and he walked to Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, if you can get a conference from him, you can leave pornography behind. You can leave every devil in hell behind. Hallelujah. Tonight you can leave depression behind, anxiety behind. If you say, I need Jesus. Jesus, will you come by my way? Will you touch my heart? Jesus, I'm not here. Jesus, I need you. Amen. Can we get a few desperate hearts tonight that's preached and say, Jesus, I need a moment with you. I need to leave some things behind tonight. I need to leave some stuff sitting there in its own formal condition. And it's all I need to leave a few devils behind. Hallelujah. When blind Bartimaeus got in Jesus' place and he got in his presence, he never went back to his old place again. Because he wasn't no more blind man. He wasn't no more beggar. Jesus had changed his life. Oh, hallelujah. 
I wonder if there'd be somebody sick tonight and say, Jesus, he's coming right by you right now. If you'll just reach out and say, God, come into my pew. Come into my temple. Come into my heart. I need a conference. I need a moment with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm not letting you go, Jesus. Would there be some Jacobs here tonight and say, I'm going to wrestle it out. I'm going to wrestle it out. I'm going to keep going. No, I'm not going to leave here the same. This is my night. This is my moment. This is my time of deliverance. Today, I'm leaving this sickness behind. Today, I'm leaving this torment spirit over in a corner somewhere. Today, I'm leaving that old begging spirit, that old blinded eyes. I'm leaving it all behind, and I'm going to walk with Jesus. Hallelujah. Won't you just lift your hands for a moment? If you feel the need right now, I'd call out to him. He just might be walking by. And he's acting like he's going to go on. But if there's somebody here say, Jesus, I need you. I need you, Lord. Let desperation set in. And Jesus will come on the scene. Hallelujah. Here he is walking right among us. Amen. Brother Brown would preach the token. Then he would preach desperation. Then he would preach the pardon. If you want to pardon tonight, get desperate. Just a few more days, I might die. Death is right here. Just a few more days, the rapture can take place. Death is right here. Or it can be life eternal. You can receive a pardon tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, don't don't let him go. Oh, you got to hold him. Don't let him go. Amen. We've been talking about the holding on to the blessing come. I'm not moving. There might be a Florence Nightingale. Your every hope is gone tonight. Spiritually, you might be so wounded and withered up and there's nothing left of you but a bunch of spiritual little bones laying there. She was physically. You might be spiritually, but there's a dove here tonight. There's a Holy Spirit in the building tonight that'll restore unto you the joy of that salvation, of his salvation. There's God here that'll reach down and touch the most wounded person among us. You might be wounded in your spirit, but there is a bomb in Gilead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's here to meet whatever need. Is there a desperate heart? Say, Lord, I ain't letting you go. I ain't letting you go. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take you. I'm going to hold on to you until you touch me. I'm tired of being the same old person. I'm tired of this all standing together tonight. I'm tired of musicians can go. I'm tired of being the same old person. I'm tired of being the same kind of guy. I'm tired of being the same little girl and the same little boy. I'm tired of the sickness that's been tormenting me. I'm tired of these mind battles that's been torn. Jesus! Hallelujah! It's your moment to call upon, but you've got to recognize him when he comes. Some people were saying deceiver. Some people were saying that's just a preacher up there that's lost his mind. Somebody was saying this and that, but blind Bartimaeus tuned all of that out. He said he raised the dead, and only God could do that. He healed cancer. Only God could do that. Amen. He put hair on a little girl. Only God could do that. Jesus, don't pass me by. 
Oh, Father God, let desperation sit in our hearts, Lord. Lord, let us not let you go. Father, you're here now. Your presence is moving among us right now, touching hearts and lives. Now it's up to them. Will they grab a hold of you and wrestle it out? Lord, whether they constrain you, then don't come. Don't, don't, no, 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 no. Don't pass me by. I invite you into my house. I invite you into my heart. I invite you to come change every part of my life. I invite you into every part right now. Lord Jesus, don't pass me by. Is there somebody desperate for his touch? I need a direct answer. 